Hi everyone, welcome to STEPS audio channel. We are very excited to share our content from STEPS events to learn all about the latest trends in startups, digital media, fintech, future tech, and wellness in emerging markets. You can find us on Enagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to your favorite channel and we hope you enjoy the content. Really glad to be here, guys. Flew in from Karachi just for this. Um, I'm safe. I come from Dastagi Technologies in Pakistan. We are a B2B e-commerce marketplace. Um, and I'm excited to kick, to kick this off. We're, I'm going to welcome my speakers. We have Marius Chaviola, uh, CEO of Tradeling. Please give him a hand. Hi. Hey. All right. How are you? And we have David Fayah from uh, ETAP, Chief Operating Officer. Let's welcome him on stage. Hi, guys. How is everyone doing? All right. How's it going, guys? Everybody doing well? Good. Um, let's jump right into it with some quick intros. David, do you want to tell us about Eat App is doing these days? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, thanks, thanks everyone. Uh, I understand people inside the room are digesting, and <laughs> the other folks are late. So yeah, at least you guys are here. But yeah, from what we heard backstage, uh, we are the worst uh, slot of 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 the week. Uh, but yeah, like uh, I'm David, I'm one of the co-founders of ETAP. Um, and uh, what we do is like uh, we offer software uh, for the restaurant industry to help restaurants improve their customer experience. And so it starts like, yeah, from acquisition, when you guys interact with the restaurant, when you make an online ordering or on the phone, online reservation, online ordering or on the phone, from like the experience you are going to have at the restaurants. Uh, with the waiter, like we know how much you spend uh, at, at the restaurant, what you have been ordering, all the way to try to bring you back with some like marketing tools, automation, and, and review. So it's like a re real like 360 uh, software platform, and uh, yeah, we uh, work with like uh, close to uh, 1,200 restaurants in 56 countries. Uh, headquarters is in Dubai, but uh, yeah, we have like uh, five, five different offices uh, in the world. Fantastic. Thank yeah. you, David. Um, Marius, can you tell us what Trailing does? Yeah. Um, so everything we do at Trailing, we do because we actually believe that the future of trade is digital. We also believe that the future is actually now, right? Yeah. So f um, for this, we have, we're building the largest B2B digital ecosystem in this region. We launched around uh, two years ago mm -hmm. with a couple of uh, verticals. Today we have uh, close to one million products across 14 different categories. We're all about bringing together global sellers to the MENA business buyers, essentially, yeah. right? Um, but there's a lot of other things that come with it, right? Yeah. And a lot of other services that we have um, created to enable and facilitate trade in a, in a seamless manner, um, be it with the logistics and fulfillment, as well as a lot of trade finance um, there as well. Fantastic. So you're talking about facilitating trade. Uh, Matthias, can you tell me how, uh, you know, in your view, B2B trade has evolved over the last two years since yeah. COVID? So, you know that there isn't much information about B2B e-commerce in this region, right? That's right. Um, so what we did, we, um, we actually published a white paper okay. where we interviewed around 500 companies in the UAE and Saudi Arabia. And what was so striking about the insights that we've gathered is that companies are t t thinking digital first more than ever. Mm. Uh, just to share a few insights, for example, 78% of the companies uh, believe that e-commerce will play a big role 
in, in their business in the, in, in, in the years to come. Four to six percent already um, purchased their supplies online. Yeah. And approximately two out of five use marketplaces either to buy or sell their products. So we see an increased adoption of digital services, um, uh, particularly in B2B. Brilliant. Yeah, I think you need to send me that white paper as yeah. well. Um, and David, how has it been in, in, in your arena in Horeca over the last two years? How's, how have things evolved? Yeah, so internally at ETAP, uh, we like to say on like the punch in the face we received from COVID-19 was actually beneficial for the business. And, uh, and why, why we say that is because like, the restaurant industry was one of the most affected uh, by, by the pandemic. And, and when you get like, like affected by a crisis as a business, and in our case, the restaurants, you, you need to go back to the whiteboard and start rethinking how you operate as a business and how you are going to survive ultimately. Uh, that was the case of like most restaurants everywhere in the world when you are, like, they were shut down like, for a few months. And so part of like, going back to the whiteboard and rethinking your business is like, oh, how do I operate my restaurants? And so uh, we have two, two main cases uh, at ETAP. We had restaurants which were already using software to run their businesses. And so in that case, they start like, uh, looking at if there is like, better alternatives. Uh, and in some cases, they would find us. But then there is like, actually like 80% of the, of, of the restaurants uh, we are acquiring are first-time buyers, meaning they were not using a software to run their restaurants. And so, and so then that's amazing because but like, basically like, like our industry is like, when you look at digital transformation, like, um, Basically, like this crisis, like pushed restaurants to digitalize, and and then like yeah, they start looking for suppliers like us, and uh, luckily enough, uh, they were finding us uh, throughout this buying journey. And when you talk about that that digitalization, right? So how has e-commerce specifically how has that affected uh, the B two B arena and B two C consumer behavior? Yeah, so like like we've seen it, right? Um, like we have. All our uh, behaviors, some of our behaviors have evolved, right? So, so something like in our industry, like all of you guys are, are spending time at restaurants, and now like having to use your phone to scan a QR code in order to read a menu is for sure happening 100% of the time. Uh, back in time, huge company like Zomato tried to push restaurants to adopt this technology like seven, eight years ago. All the restaurants were saying, no, no way, this is impossible. Like this technology is never going to get adopted yeah. by anyone. And within like three months, all the restaurants on the planet adopted that technology. Yeah. And so for a consumer, it's like all of a sudden, uh, like you guys benefit from, from that technology, it becomes ubiquitous. And, and, and then like what does happen? All of a sudden when you start having a, a digital menu uh, at a restaurant, companies like us are going to start like trying to innovate on top of that, meaning that then you will be able to order at the 
table through uh, the menu, and then you would also be able to pay through the menu. And so, like this is like some avenues that uh, our R&D teams are, are looking at right now. Uh, you, anyone, would be able like yeah, to order and to close close the bill. Don't have to wait for the waiter like for five minutes. I want the check. The guy goes back. Oh, sorry, you know, you forget like this dessert or something like that. And like all this time you are, you are spending there. And so yeah, so it creates like it's the behavior change on the B2C side is creating opportunities, uh, yeah, in order to again like try to improve like really what is like the most important things for us, supporting the restaurant to improve the customer experience um, at the restaurant. Makes sense. The yeah. increase in consumer demand for restaurants to be digital creates more room for you. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and, I, and I think everyone benefits from from it. Like of the, the first like like we started working with payments, uh, pay at the table. Uh, with some restaurants, and and like what we realize is like the fact of your guy, like everyone being able to see the, the menu and, and, and the bill on your phone, like increase tips, and then you can suggest mm. tips, 5, 10, 15, 20%, mm. increase tips by like up to 60% in some cases. Yeah. So it means uh, consumers are happy to leave those tips, uh, it means like restaurants and, and staff are receiving those tips, so it's like really like everyone is like benefiting from from uh, from that. Yeah, fantastic. And, and Marius, how has it been in your experience? How does e-commerce uh, impact B2B today? Yeah. Um, when you see how e-commerce has impacted B2C, right? Yeah. Um, we would expect the same happening in B2B, but I think it's going to be even more exciting mm. because um, in B2B, there are a lot of bigger problems, if yeah. you like, to solve. Right? Yeah. So what has e-commerce done for B2C? Has increased uh, the selection. Right, access to wider selection of products um, has increased the customer experience. Today, yeah. you pretty much get everything same day or next day at Absolutely, most. Right. Yeah. Um, then um, um, cost has also improved. Yeah, right? competition and exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that in B two B is is a given. You will always get that. Absolutely. Right? But then to, you need to add a few things, right? For example, me to be, I think with the latest technology, of course, that we, we can leverage, um, you would see solutions around um, supply chain or, or, or um, end to end, right? Yeah. Um, from actually getting access to where the products are being produced, um, you know, all the way to getting them uh, shipped um, to, uh, you know, consolidation and shipping and all of that, together with the fulfillment. Yeah. But I think um, other uh, other things you would see is um, the trade finance, for example, right? For where, sure. you know, other than just the credit card installments, you would also have a variety of other easy payment options in, 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 in B2B, yeah. right? So I think e-commerce will definitely play a big role in the evolution of B2B. And the today, customer experience may be a little bit uh, lower than what we see in B2C, mm. but I, I anticipate that the experience in B2B will be at par, if not even better, if you like, it, it, when it, it comes catch to, up. because there's a yeah. lot of complexity, and once you put the technology to yeah. it, um, the experience overall for all of the stakeholders involved, yeah. I think, will be improved. No, agreed, agreed. And B2C has laid the rails for B2B yes. to be possible today, yes, yes. Um, and so naturally... And, and a good thing to, talk, to, to say as well, that 73% um, of the people behind B2B are actually mm. millennials, right? Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, they already have a taste of what B2C e-commerce 
uh, brings. That's right. So when you have more people in B2B, right, um, uh, purchasing online, the expectations are not going to be any lower. Of course. Right. Yeah. No, so that's, so that's really it's setting a, a bar. If you that's like. a really important point about expectations, right? So right. Um, consumer behaviors are evolving, market trends are evolving. Um, how does TradeLink keep up with that? Yeah, um, it's an interesting thing. I think what we do, we leverage a lot the data. Mm. I think B two B e-commerce is a lot more rational than B two C. Right. right? Uh, studies show that one makes approximately twelve online searches before yeah. they actually make a purchase yeah. online. Uh, so you've got to be where the research is being done. Of course. Right? Yeah. And because it is rational, you don't have much time to convince the customer, if yeah. you like, right? So it's important that you capture that data as upstream as possible, leverage the latest technology, be it with AI and machine learning, yeah. to improve the experience and help the customers make a better informed decision, yeah. purchase decision, right? Yeah. So at Trailing, this is what we, we focus on. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of investment in data yeah. uh, and um, machine learning. David, you were talking about data earlier as well to, to monitor yeah, consumer trends. So so what's super interesting at ETAP, it's at some point in the journey, uh, we had to, to make a decision, right? It's like, so part of, of the customer experience at the restaurant starts with like uh, the reservations or the order you are going to place at the restaurant. And so at some point we are like, okay, should, how are we going to capture diners, like there is diners which are offline, there is diners we, who are online, and at some point it was very evident for us and like you actually have diners online everywhere. So like you have people, they know where they want to go and they are going to Google the restaurants. Uh, or they are on the map and they are going to find the restaurant there. Uh, otherwise like, oh you are traveling and maybe you are a TripAdvisor user. Or, or maybe like, yeah, you love Zomato and you are using Zomato. Uh, there is so many platforms in which like you can find restaurants. And so at ETAP, as like we power the back end and, and we work with the restaurant, at some point we said, okay, we don't want to work we don't want to have to build our marketplace uh, only. We want like, actually to find diners anywhere they are. And so then we started approaching Google. Uh, and uh, yeah, uh, after a three flight to San Francisco, managed to convince them uh, to work with us. And so basically, no, it means like when, when you search for a restaurant on Google, or on search or, or map, you will find the restaurant, you will have a, a reserve button on Google, and we will power the availability live from our software that the restaurant is using at the restaurant. And we'll do that with Google, with Facebook, with Instagram, with TripAdvisor, with Zomato and so forth. And so that's amazing because then as, as a diner now, like anywhere you would go online, uh, you would basically interact with ETAP as a software but without even realizing it, right? Yeah. Uh, but, but like, yeah, it's another way like, yeah, uh, in which like it's like way better experience yeah, for, yeah. Uh, for, for and, the consumer. And that's exactly yeah. how the average consumer is then benefiting from, from whatever we're doing disrupting B2B, yeah. right? Um, so I mean, just, just to give context to everybody in this room, right? Why should everybody care about what's happening in B2B? Right? How does it help the average consumer exactly? Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, it's like uh, any B2C platform is going to be powered by B2B platform, right? So if we want to have like a full ecosystem, uh, both both have, have to be successful in some ways, right? If like only the B2C players are successful, they are not going to be as successful. Like any B2C startup or corporate uh, in this world is powered by like 
hundreds or thousands of SaaS or B2B companies in order to get where, where they are, right? And so for us, yeah, it's like, well, maybe like a bit different than trading is like we, we really see like we are touching the diners like those diners which are coming from like all those platforms I mentioned earlier are actually in the database of the restaurants ultimately uh, which is the core on how like our software is used and, and, and so like it's basically like both together uh, which are making like uh, yeah. yeah the B2B platform uh, successful and and also like yeah uh, help uh, improve the customer experience yeah of of the diners so of the B2C uh, and, and people, unfortunately yeah. we're all just in the background yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah so we are we are not taking the fame yeah. uh, uh, we are yeah uh, we do get the biggest yeah. funding though yeah uh, generally yeah and, and that's that's super interesting when, when we look at startups because bon obviously we are tech conference so there is a lot of startup folks what's super interesting and maybe something to have in mind is like like the SaaS company B2B company are way more valued than the B2C company like uh, yeah. when you are starting like being, being a SaaS like the multiple like I would say the, well, we have like the VCs coming after us. They, they will confirm everything that I'm, I'm going to say. But like, yeah, in the region, marketplace valuation on revenue is going to be anywhere from five to fifteen. Uh, SaaS uh, fintech start at fifteen and goes up to fifty uh, x, right? So like, basically, like the revenue, like most of the time, B2B uh, revenue is recurring revenue. It's subscription-based, and this is way more interesting for some of those folks uh, which are going to talk uh, in a in few minutes. No, that's fantastic. And yeah. Marius, yeah. tell us in the context of Tradeling, I, uh, why does Tradeling matter to the average consumer? I, th I echo what David is saying. So I think like optimizing B2C on itself is not going to do it. I think, yeah. um, you know, for us, there are many layers within the distribution channel, right? Mm. And we believe in frictionless trade. Mm. And we are all about creating solutions around the pain points, right, of the customers. Now, yeah. the customers, as I said, could be in different layers, right, across that, that, that distribution channel. In the end, who's going to benefit? Is the end consumer, end consumer. right? Yeah. So whether it is um, we're giving our business buyers access to trade finance, access to global supply, um, access to the comprehensive logistic solutions that we have and so on, right? It's the end customer who's going to benefit this at the end of the day, right? Of course. Um, so I think um, it's less about kind of, um, you know, removing the layers, yeah. but it's more about facilitating uh, the process between those layers, yeah. right? Yeah. Which the end consumer has got a lot to benefit from. Okay, now I want to ask you a bit of a contentious question. Um, you know, between the two models of B2B and B2C, which one do you think drives more economic growth? Okay, I love this. Um, <laughs> you would think I would choose B2B, right? <laughs> I would. I would. Your trade link colleagues would as well, I think. Well, I think one cannot really exist without the other. Okay. Right? Fair. Um, when you think about trade yeah. in this region, it's estimated to be approximately um, $1 trillion. Yeah. And there is, around four or five years ago, B2C was probably around, uh, you know, one to 2%. Today is probably around 8%. We see B2B e-commerce going to have a similar hockey stick effect, where yes. today it's around less than 1%. 
and within the next four or five years, most probably it will reach to around 5%. Yeah. That means it will be worth around $50 billion, yeah. right? Now, um, if we carry on at this rate, um, improving uh, the processes and facilitating trade, right, um, yeah. across all angles, um, you know, I think that the synergies between B2C and B2B are going to be uh, of great value. Of course. Right? So I, I really believe that they coexist. No, naturally. And, and, well, what and, drives more growth? What creates more jobs? What contributes more to the GDP? As I said, I think the trade is there. Right? Yeah. The, the market is today estimated at trillion dollars. Yeah. How much of it is coming online? Yeah. Right. True. And there are so many stakeholders yeah. that um, play a role in in, in 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 the digital transformation of of, of that process. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I think really, I, I really believe that they 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 coexist. David, and, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I have to agree with Marius. Um, so going back, like, so we're a B2B company, B2B SaaS company, but like our vision is to improve the customer experience, right? And so the customer experience of who? Of the diners, which is like the B2C aspect of it. But how, how we see it is like, if we want to achieve this vision, um, like ultimately, like basic math, let's, let's get into that. Um, a restaurant on average is like, 10,000 diners are going to visit a restaurant every year, right? So if I'm pouring the software behind the restaurants, uh, every time I acquire 100 restaurants, I'm like touching a million diners, mm. right? If I have 10,000, it's 100 million. And so all of a sudden, like, for me as a company, if I want to touch more millions of lives, like how many B2C companies right now are touching like multi-million uh, of lives? Yeah, maybe like you have Uber, Airbnb, like very handful of them versus how many SaaS company or software company are pouring millions of lives in the background without anyone knowing it? Um, yeah, you, you have actually hundred or thousand of them. And so this is how we look, uh, how we like to look at it at ETAP is like, like our software is running the restaurants, helping run the restaurants, and like restaurants are touching like yeah, ten of thousand of life every restaurant. So the more restaurants we touch, the more life, uh, like the more yeah, life diner experience uh, we improve. Uh, so we like uh, to look at it this way. Yeah. So I have a very very firm opinion on this that <laughs> B2B is the way, and I'll tell you why. Right? I'll tell okay. you. So naturally, my opinion is is based on whatever I'm experiencing in Pakistan. Right, and you, talk, you mentioned trade finance being a major element of this play, right? It's the same for us. And the way we calculate it is, if we're offering trade finance to those retailers, um, we're increasing their ability to purchase more goods. Correct. And they're, they're gonna sell more, right? And ultimately we're unlocking, so already retail trade in Pakistan is about 40% of our GDP, right? And if we can unlock more, uh, more value there, that's insane, right? Correct. Um, I, I echo what you're saying. I mean, when you at trailing, for example, right? Um, B2C for us, uh, B2C sellers are actually our buyers. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and we've solved a lot of problems on their behalf. Um, you, you have a lot of FBA sellers, noon sellers, and so on, you know, that actually come to Tradelink because we give them the access to the global supply, yeah. we give them access to the trade finance, we give them access to all of the comprehensive logistics, the fulfillment, and all of these things. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of both, basically, you know, and, and I think um, 
the synergies between both B2B and B2C, you know, will bring the ultimate value to the yeah. customer. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, and, and how do you think uh, this industry will evolve over the next few years? What will we see more of? What will we see less of? Yeah. So I think what will happen is with technology advancing, with a lot more players um, coming on board, um, I think what you will see is a higher integration of systems, mm. and that's what we're also um, all about. We want to. Uh, we, we're, we're building our technology that's as open as it can be and as scalable as it, as it can be yeah. for many stakeholders to be able to plug into it. Right. Yeah. Um, so. I'll give you an example. Today, we are able to facilitate, um, enable, if you like, a seller uh, who could be, f for example, sitting in any other country, say in Brazil, for example, right? Yeah. And we've helped sellers to sell their products in this region without ever setting foot in this region. Fantastic. Right? Yeah. Where we've helped them to, um, for example, have their products registered and certified, right? Yeah. Seamlessly. We've helped them with the entire um, um, uh, fulfillment. Um, I think you would see a lot more integrations mm -hmm. happening. There's going to be a lot more um, personalization yeah. happening with the data that's out there. I think that uh, it's being captured. There's going to be better customer experience For sure. uh, overall in, in this space. Um, so yeah, I think everybody's got to benefit. No, I think it's exciting times. And David, you're also operating in, in several dozen countries. Um, so tell us what you think are going to be the upcoming global trends. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Like uh, with what Marius was saying, is like the integration part for us is key, and and we see it more and more happening. Um, so yeah, to be exact, we are, I think within 57 or 58 countries. Very hard to keep track uh, of it on a daily basis. Casual because when, when you get like the first Casual restaurant in, in Argentina, it's the first one, and you have one more country. And so we have like this amazing map at the office uh, with all the countries. But so integration, and why integration is super important. So like for us, innovation is going to come from like being able to improve again like this customer experience. And we are talking about ordering, and, you know, and we are talking about payments at, at, at the restaurants. And so what would happen here is that in order for us to enable that, we need to have an integration with the POS provider yeah. used at the restaurant. Yeah. And, and so the POS provider in the region, in Saudi, where we have like Foodix and they are around, uh, are doing an amazing job. So we need to, if we want to be more successful in Saudi, we need to integrate with Foodix. Yeah. But then, if I want to, to be successful in Australia, I need to do like the Foodix of Australia is named Revel. And mm. so then all of a sudden, I need to integrate with those guys. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, so if like, What's amazing about B2B is like you can scale globally way faster uh, versus like if you are like a, a B2C, a pure, pure B2C player. But then like you have those challenges of like how do you manage yeah, to grow the business, like the integration part is key. Um, so that's definitely one. The, the second one uh, for, uh, for, for, for what we do is like restaurants are maybe one of like when we're talking about digital transformation they are like at the end of the spectrum and mm. like those businesses like if you go like 20 years ago like it's pen and paper everywhere like they have to remember your face you know yeah. uh, and like if like the receptionist uh, <laughs> resign like they lose all those faces <laughs> and, and you're stuck right and so and but for us right now like we are helping like in the digital transformation and for the first time we can start like applying like some very, very simple machine learning algorithm in order like to run back 
like background jobs on behalf of the restaurants. Yeah. Uh, so for instance, I give you like the most exa simple example. Uh, we know what day is your birthday. We know you've been in this restaurant more than 10 times. We will trigger you like a promotion uh, two weeks before your birthday, wishing you happy birthday and welcoming you to come yeah. to the restaurant uh, if you want to celebrate your birthday. And we'll offer you uh, a bottle of champagne or like uh, a free cake, uh, yep. depending on your preferences. And so you could automate all that without yep. anyone to go in the database and like pushing a button, basically. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Just to add to this, I think um, there are a lot of forces out there that are trying to shape the future, right? Yeah. And I think what you will see more of, a lot more innovations, um, where, you know, and this is what we're also all about, trying to give our customers what they never thought they would need. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then once you give it to them, that's when, you know... Once that's, you build it, they will that's come. That's when they exactly. love you. Exactly. Before they were liking you, and then when you give them something they never thought about, yeah. they start loving exactly. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's exactly, we've seen that with financing in Pakistan. Exactly. You know, so because that, that wasn't possible This before. is what we're doing right now, for example, where with the integrations we have with um, some fintech companies and uh, like the Etihad Credit Insurance and the AECBs yeah. of the world and so on, right? Where today, when a customer comes on board, on trailing, without them necessarily asking for credit, yeah. we've already assessed their credit worthiness. Exactly. And we can enable sellers to provide, uh, for, for them to provide credit to buyers. Exactly. Right? So and that's, that's the where the magic that's, happens. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I wish we could talk about this all day, but unfortunately we are out of time. Thank you oh, guys so much. Will bore them too much. So, like, <laughs> I, I think half an hour, 25 minutes is like the perfect time uh, to have that. Huge discussion. round of applause for my panelists, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Marius. Thank, Thank you, David. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find our content on Anagami, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Follow us on social media at Step Conference and let's stay in touch.